Today's guest is Lisa Wetzel. She is the president of Vicant Incorporated, which is a professional services and consulting company focused on business process efficiency. And they do that through creative solutions and techniques, which I find fascinating. I, I love problem solving through creative means. So thank you for coming on the podcast today, Lisa. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here and I appreciate the invitation. So for those who have never had an opportunity to meet you, talk a bit about your background, who you are, uh, what you do and where you're from. Sure. Um, I'll start just a, a little bit back, uh, probably about 35 years ago. Um, I came from a little place called Meigs County, Ohio, which is just southeast of Athens, Ohio. If you've heard of the Bobcats, Ohio University, oh, yep. that was my first college. <laughs> um, so I came from a town of 60 people. Wow. So that's like a shocking thing uh, that most people say they're from small towns and it's 50,000, 150,000. Mine was 60. So I come from very uh, humble beginnings. Um, went to a town, my class, uh, high school class was about 50 people uh, for the whole, you know, there was three schools in the county and that was it. Um, from there, I went into the military. I joined the army, uh, became a Patriot missile crew member oh. and got my uh, college fund so that I could go to college. And uh, once I did that, I ended up and uh, got married. I have two beautiful children uh, who are now adults. And um, from there, I went on a military journey. I married uh, my husband's in the Marine Corps. He's retired now. Um, so we went on a journey around the world a little bit um, and ended up back here in the D.C. area. Um, so through that journey, um, I started my career um, uh, outside of the military um, in communication. So from high school all the way through today, almost everything I do revolves around communications and um, ways to improve and enhance the way that we collaborate and the way that we kind of get along in the world. So very interesting. So I, I, I thank you for your service. I, I was in the Air Force, so there's a little bit of rivalry <laughs> there, but it's okay. It's okay. We can make it work. <laughs> I'll forgive you. It's okay. <laughs> so, so what made you go in the military? Primarily, I felt like it was a, a civil duty if you had the opportunity to do it. Um, me and my brother went in at the same time, like three oh. days apart. And we're always rivals. Um, I pretend I'm the strong one, but he really is. Um, but uh, so I went in literally to to perform my civil duty, but also to get money to go to college. So those were my two um, guys, I guess, for choosing to go into the military, which I don't regret. Um, I think it was a great learning curve and it's great for, I think, any young people to go learn discipline. Um, so I have a, a great affinity for everyone that's in the military. Yeah, that, and the, the the education benefit, as you said, is a huge motivating factor. My my younger son is in the Air Force now for that okay. reason. Uh, that was the reason it took him in. Now he's loving it, right? So you can love it afterwards, but there may be a motivation of education that comes out of that. Um, sure. So um, now did you did you do a full career or did, did you um, exit earlier? I did one enlistment and then I did some time in the Army Reserves mm -hmm. um, and then uh, went to school as a non-traditional student. Um, so I started out uh, at American, or I'm sorry, Ohio University. And then after I got married, I moved to North Carolina and I went to a community college. But then after that, the military brought us to Woodbridge, uh, where I went to American University. And that's where I got my bachelor's. And then eventually in Okinawa, uh, Japan, I got my master's. So it was a, a quite an adventure from the person who was in high school thinking, what am I going to do with my life to 
end up there and then, you know, go full circle and come right back to DC where I'm at now. Right. And a small town, right? A very small town and yeah. then travel the world, uh, which yeah. I'm a huge fan of. One of the reasons I joined the military was to travel the world and, and experience the the broader cultural differences and opportunities. Um, so what did you choose your as your as your program in, in college to focus on? Well, my first uh, AA was in pre-law. So in my mind, I was going to be a lawyer, hmm. which did not materialize. Um <laughs> And then I ended up going to get my bachelor's in political science. And then my master's is actually in human relations. Hmm. So um, I would think your next question would be, you know, do I use that degree? I will say yes, <laughs> especially in DC, because everything's political um, and everything revolves around human behavior, um, hmm. how we adapt and uh, get along in the world, in the workplace, group dynamics. And the way that we're able to uh, get things done. Um, and I kind of evaluate myself in how I fit in and how well I can move people towards a vision. And so um, I kind of, you know, feel like both of those degrees are in play throughout my life, um, my personal life and my professional life. So how did those turn into your first job outside of college? Well, the first uh, job outside of college was... Um, with uh, HOA. Um, so, you know, there's a lot there's of political uh, science right there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all, all politics are local, right? Right. Um, so definitely had to learn to navigate um, issues. Um, I was doing communications and an administrative lead for uh, HOA. Um, and then after that, I went directly into um, really into the the fray working for an issue organization that lobbied Congress. Mm. So for three years, that's what we did. I did billboards and different things for um, traffic safety. Um, and that's where I really had my aha moment that, you know, all the laws that are passed that are feel good and make you make you happy and, and say, you know, this is great. Humanity is going to be better. Isn't always about saving lives or, <laughs> you know, and I realized, wow, there's this whole pipeline of opportunities that are being originated by someone's idea that they're selling as a need. And that need then becomes written in the law somewhere. And suddenly 3M has the only paint that can be used on a, a line that's retro reflective and compliant with the manual uh, for uniform traffic control devices. So that was a huge aha moment and really my launch into government contracting. <laughs> So, so that, that first job in government contracting, what, what was that for you? Uh, it was at American Systems um, that I think you and I both have had experience there. Um, I was brought in initially, uh, I applied and became the communications person for the organization. But after the first few months, I just immediately got pulled into proposals <laughs> uh, and then started this long legacy of, I think I'm over 2000 uh, opportunities that I've written or you know contributed to the proposals for at this point so it's been a you know a whole life long of uh being in the pit in the war room and and working proposals capture and and learning about the pipeline of federal contracting and it's a big it's a big responsibility right companies live and die by their ability to to win to work absolutely i mean it, it comes with uh you know, a lot of rigor, a lot of expectations. Um, you have to really have a lot of really thick skin. Um, if you've ever been a part of being a uh, part of driving new work, 
you really ask people to tell you everything wrong with you. So mm. you have to put all your work out there and then ask them to find things wrong with it. So it's just constant, uh, you know, reviews and you're always right in the limelight. Um, and so you learn real quick to get thick skin, but you also enhance your skills and you really can learn a lot about, you know, how to improve government. And I think the success that I've had through the years has been just not following one certain protocol, but continuously improving the processes, the tools, the techniques of getting things done. And that's where I find joy is, you know, the continual improvement. I, you know, I can't follow one single recipe every single time. Can't do it. So then your, your next role after that, if I remember correctly, you were a CEO. So you went from proposal <laughs> writing and winning work to, to a chief executive. How, how did that come about? Well, I actually took this new niche that I learned, I, you know, after winning several hundred million dollars for these, these, you know, American systems, I thought, well, I think I can do that for others. And perhaps I can just be a consultant at that. And I can just kind of run my own destiny. Well, I thought I was working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. It would be so much easier if I just ran my own destiny, right? So um, after the first year or two, it was like, okay, 70, 80 hours a week. Okay, I'll just hire some more consultants. And I kept hiring more consultants, but we kept getting more work. And um, once my kids were through college, I thought, well, I'm going to get off this hamster wheel because I'm going to kill myself, you know, um, because there was never no, there was never a shortage of work. So um, even though I love it, you know, every single time it's fun. Um, we did marketing and communications as well, like the whole suite of, you know, how do you position, how do you get your company out there, those sorts of things. It was, it was wonderful. I loved it, but it was very exhausting. Um, and so I spent about nine and a half years doing that um, and helped a lot of companies in the belt. I had 35 different customers and clients that I worked with frequently. Um, and I'm sure you would know a lot of the names um, and had a really good run with that, um, but decided I wanted to do something different. So then I, I decided to join a, a small company that was kind of in the position of, they were older, but in the position of a startup. Mm. I said, okay, let's figure this out. If I can do this, this would be really meaningful. So, and that way I didn't have all the risk on myself. Yeah, so some, I tried something different. I was gonna say, there's something about uh, owning your own destiny, but then owning all your own. Oh, I gotta do the administration. I gotta yes. pay the bills. I gotta, I gotta hire the people. I have to do all of this yes. stuff that's taking my attention away from the stuff I love to do. Exactly. Yeah, I I uh, have had my own business and I no longer have my own business and I don't want my own business again. So I, I've learned I'm not that uh, entrepreneur personality that can focus on just that aspect, right? I love delivery. And when you own your own business, it's hard to do delivery. It's almost impossible if, if you're going to really scale. Right. So then uh, uh, did you do the same type of work in your next role? It was interesting because... I did that, you know, um, for them, I did all the positioning, but I also helped write all the HR manuals, the processes mm -hmm. across the company, stood up, you know, uh, all of the different departments and, and factors of that. I led the strategy planning and um, we did all the bidding. And, and as soon as we started to grow, I was able to start hiring people to support as well. Um, but, the, you know, the owners were great and gracious and gave me the reins to kind of, you know, explore and do things. And uh, we went from about three million to uh, about 20 million a year. In the last couple of years, we brought in 60 million. So it was great to kind of have that growth 
over that short period of time. And um, I started thinking, well, you know what, this is going well. Perhaps if I have some partners, I could kind of do the same thing. Um, if I got the right people, I've met so many wonderful people, wonderful clients um, that allow that exploration, that allow that, you know, enhancement and coming up with really great and unique ideas. Um, always in proposals, I don't take anything for granted. Um, you know, a lot of people will say, well, let's just cut and paste. And I'd like to take every single one and say, we're starting from square A. Doesn't mean that there's not processes and models that you can use, hmm. that everything needs to be tailored to that customer. Um, and look at what they're asking for. Of all the times I've submitted proposals, I've never been uh, non-compliant. And that's amazing. I'm always like every single time, am I going to miss something or something going to be <laughs> there that's going to be misconstrued that, you know, God's been gracious so far and that hasn't happened. Um, and I've loved the process. I love the chase and I very much love the win. So Vikant, first of all, yes. that's a very unique name. Is there a story behind that? It's not like a fun and sexy story. It's really uh, what we were trying to do was uh, me and my partners was come up with something that kind of described what we want to do. And we see ourselves as pioneers in a, a busy sea of everyone eager and hungry, you know, looking to try to find work uh, to improve the services to the taxpayers. Um, and so we kind of see ourselves as 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 Vikings um, out there on a voyage. And so we came up with the term Vikant. Um, which is really representative of pioneers uh, who are on a voyage. And, you know, as we're growing, we're going to be adding voyagers to our team who will join us on our different voyages uh, across different uh, work that we're going to be doing. So I, I think overall, Vicant, um, the way we see ourselves is connecting dots. That's what we do. We put things together um, and we shape solutions. And you know, that covers a variety of different things. Um, as you can see on our website, there's a variety of different things we've been part of. Um, certainly one thing that I got to do in the last four years, a lot of delivery. And that was my first time doing delivery to federal customers. I've done for years to commercial customers. Mm. So um, I learned a lot about uh, working within government agencies. Absolutely love it. Um, and have been so appreciative of everything that I've learned, the opportunities to stand up teams, and you know, create solutions, teams, and uh, skill sets that can solve problems. That's really fulfilling and meaningful. And I think it's amazing that American citizens have that opportunity to do that. And certainly encourage any small businesses to pursue this. It's, it's very fulfilling. I mean, it's almost, almost, right? Another methodology of public service, right? If you're working in a dedicated, true to form, want the mission to succeed, for the government and you're brought in to help them do that, there is a lot to be, you know, to feel good about. Absolutely. And I've found that in all cases that you serve as part of a team. So you're not just the hired help. You're not just, you know, mm -hmm. someone that's pushing paper. You literally are part of that mission. In some cases, you're driving the mission in lots of places, which is my favorite. You're helping with the strategy and figuring out how all the pieces fit together. Then once you get the pieces figured out, how can you scale that? How can you automate it? How can you refine it? I've had folks come and, and just say, you know, I, I have a problem. I got one thing. It's not in your contract, but I have like 10,000 emails in my box. I don't know how to get out of that. 
And I keep getting these emails about this program, that program, and I'm losing track and just coming up with like a front door solution with an automated, you know, email address that they could just automatically put them into queues and quickly have a dashboard that shows took, you know, two weeks to do it. Um, they've been sitting on that for months or years and just couldn't find the way out. So that sort of stuff is just extremely gratifying. Yeah, that's I love it. I love it. I love quick, easy solutions to problems that aren't really that complicated, but people don't have a time. They right, they don't have the thought of space to try to figure that out or the time to implement it. So, and I find myself frequently volunteering. So <laughs> one of the last projects I was on was a center of excellence that, that they were creating um, at the IRS for um, the IT group. So it's under the CIO and it was all voluntary. You know, everyone that was on the uh, group, except for me, was government. And I said, look, let me, you don't have time for that. Let me see what I can do. So I helped them develop a SharePoint solution um, to just kind of lay everything out and collect information you know, control the metrics and and just kind of make it automate itself so that they didn't have to spend a lot of time trying to figure these things out. That's pretty cool. So you've had a, a varied career, a, a wide variety of opportunities. What's something that you witnessed as you've gone through this career that if if we came to you, Lisa, and we said, Lisa, you have the power to make a change, or or maybe maybe the change is too large, and we we say, Lisa, suggest a change to us that we need to start thinking about. What's something you've witnessed that you think we should at least reconsider how we do it? Well, I would say, you know, definitely um, my heart is in small business um, and I work a lot. I still work a lot with small businesses, um, some most of the time pro bono, just trying to, to help small businesses understand how to navigate. Um, I volunteered um, to help the VA um, reassess the way that they're um, evaluating and doing market research. So my my passion, if, if I step back to say, how could I actually influence something would be to look at that, that acquisition and procurement process. Um, VA is doing some really good work in the way that, you know, they're not asking for repeated market research, the same thing over and over and over. They put in a database at this point so that they don't have to, they can just go in and plug and play. If we could do that universally, I can just imagine the millions of dollars in the years of frustration that could be resolved from all these small businesses saying what's a capability statement what's included in it they only ask for this well of course they ask for that but they really mean this mm. um, and they're not understanding why they can't get their foot in the door but they don't understand the landscape and they don't understand the expectations that aren't written out and if there's just some way that you could do that across the board i mean that to me would be like i could just you know wipe my hands and say wow my life's been fulfilled but, you know, I do try to evangelize as much as I can, but, you know, I really wish there was, you know, a better way to make sure that all this was synchronized across the board for uh, industry. Yeah, I can't tell you, I mean, I'm, I've worked, I'm at my fifth federal agency, and I can't tell you how often I hear the frustration in that you might try to win work at this uh, agency, and then try to win work at this agency, and it's such a different process with different criteria yeah. methodologies and it's so hard for industry to then try to win work when they're constantly having to reinvent the method they're proposing because yeah. of the way government does. Yeah, I, I'm in government and I have lots of complaints about the way government does stuff, but, but only because I'm like you, I want, let's find efficiency. Let's find good yes. processes. Let's find ways that we can all be successful and, and, and at the end of the day, 
um, succeed, right? Absolutely. Uh, so I know before we started recording, you said you had a, had, had a few things. So I want to give you another option. Is there anything else you would, you would want to bring up since that was a really great idea? Yeah, I would say that. Um, th there's an, another idea that I think I'll bring up, um, and this is just across the board, and this is for, for women in tech. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's a variety of women in tech, and there's some who are go-getters um, that have been in the industry for 50 years. And, you know, we kind of look up to them and, and recognize them as, as the initial uh, trailblazers for women. Um, but there's other um, women who are kind of uh, caught in the middle on, you know, small and mid-sized companies. They can't, you know, kind of learn how to navigate uh, across the industry. And I know there's more and more um, women in technology uh, groups that are being stood up, but I just really feel like we all need to encourage each other, but also not not forget the men. Um, mm. You know, a lot of times I feel like the men are marginalized. So um, while I'm a huge advocate for women exploring and coming into tech, I, I do wanna make sure that um, men are not overlooked. Um, and I, I get that from from different places and i i'm i'm a big proponent of like diversity and socioeconomic um fairness and things like that but you know all small businesses deserve a chance regardless of where they come from and how they start and i know a, a lot of small business owners that are really having a hard time like getting their foot in the door just simply because you know they don't have uh, one particular type of socioeconomic like a days you know they have a lot more latitude to do things and some of the others so don't forget to do groups um that that are inclusive of everyone mm -hmm. and there's you know there are a few that are that are large that include everyone but for the small business um other than like the socioeconomic classification i don't know of any that are just completely inclusive of everyone so uh you know if you're interested in in providing a, a small business group where we just get together and talk about the best ways to provide services to the government, please contact me. I, I'd love to be a, more of a part of that. And if you're doing something and I'm not aware of it, hey, great, I'd love to join your cause. That's amazing. And, and and they can partner with you, right? Because you you do have some of those status indicators, right? And so Absolutely. a team, and teaming arrangement can, can benefit both of you. Um, I've always been a big proponent of teaming on contracts, especially yeah. for small businesses. I've worked for a number of small businesses, like 20 people uh -huh. or 50 people. Yeah. And you have to team to be able to, to meet Absolutely. all the requirements. Uh, yeah, uh, it would be almost and have the past performance, right? Because you can go hire people, but to have the past performance, yes, that teaming is so critical. And I love to doing that because then we had a good partner. We could encourage yeah. one another and both learn from it and both benefit from it. Um, so I like that you're you're thinking of that. And then I'm a huge proponent of women in tech. I have a daughter who's yeah. making her way in tech and. Uh, I, I participate in a lot of uh, 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 groups, and I found one of the, one of the, my favorite groups to participate is a women in tech group. But they uh -huh. allow anybody to come, so like guys can come and awesome. and be supportive and provide yeah. you know our 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 inputs into conversations and uh, and, and help. Uh, there truly is still um, equities to be had and things yes. things to do, but there's opportunity for all of us to participate in that, which is really great. Absolutely. And there's a, a few uh, different causes that I feel are important. One is STEM for her. I really am a pro proponent of, you know, getting more women involved and getting them to believe that you don't have to sit there and crunch numbers to be a nerd. There's so many different things that you can do in technology that don't involve coding. Um, and it's, you know, the sky's the limit. And if they just realized that, I think they would be a lot more interested in that. Mm -hmm. um, but also, um, you know, 
as we're both vets, I think it's important to give back to veteran organizations as well. Um, and so those are a priority for us. And then um, another cause for me is human trafficking pre prevention. And so um, as we're growing the company, these are other areas and causes where we're trying to find ways that we can get back either supporting communications, you know, donations and, and other ways that we can contribute to prevent some of the um, human trafficking either here in um, Florida, where I'm at now, um, where we're based out of or, you know, around the nation. Wow. Yeah, there's a that's it is important to remember the corporate responsibility, right? Of of supporting yes. these entities and groups that ha can help make us all better, and yeah, and uh, and provide opportunities for others who are in in bad situations. Yep. And I think no matter where you are in life, whether you're rich or poor, you know you there, you can always give back. Um, and I'm a person that's very giving and generous, and I feel like that's a lifestyle. It's not necessarily something you do for a reason other than the fact that it's part of who you are. And as hum humans, we're, um, I think we're called to do that first before we do anything else. So Lisa, what's next for you or for Vicent as you go into and in, in throughout through this year, right? We're about what, five months into the year. What's, what's up for you? What's next for you all? I'm operating for, uh, it'll be a month tomorrow. <laughs> so we're brand new. <laughs> We've um, submitted one proposal alone, um, and then we've got another one that'll go in on the 24th. We've got several opportunities that we're bidding with partners um, since we don't have, you know, the full-fledged past performance at this time. But we'll be attending some events, uh, CCAF, AUSA, and some other uh, industry events throughout the year. I mean, we're certainly looking to connect with the hundreds of companies that we've worked with, uh, me and my partners, through the last 15 years. Um, and really just really excited to to get involved and find ways that we can meaningfully make an impact in the government and in our communities. I feel like it's important to to have that balance, you know, to make sure you take care of what's at home, but also see what you can do to help all mankind. No, absolutely. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for for sharing your your journey, a very interesting journey and about your new company. I'm very excited to hear uh, how how it's, uh, you know, the opportunities it has are endless and uh, look forward to hearing how you do in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and thanks for inviting me.